Hey, Cryptonauts, welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm your host, Jake Chavarelli, with co-host Blockchain John for episode 442. Yep, 442, man. Almost at 444 in about two more episodes. Yay! Oh, 443 is what I'm looking for because that's a prime number. <laughs> like anybody cares, right? Um, anyways, we're going to get jump right in the news because that's what we decided to do. Jump right in. Here's the news for, in particular, this week in Crypto Twitter. You want to hit it for us, John? Sure. This one's uh, written by uh, Tim Haki, provided by Decrypt.co. This week on Crypto Twitter, Ethereum merges. Hoskinson gets salty concerns over centralized staking. It was merge week. Ethereum's long-awaited overhaul was finalized without a hitch, but there was no sudden influx of capital either. Ethereum's price actually fell 8% to below $1,500 on Thursday, the day of the merge. At the time of writing, it trades for $1,376, about 22% cheaper than it was last Sunday. A day before the merge, Ethereum's co-founder Vitalik Buterin shared a graph from etherchain.org showing the network's hash rate has maintained consistency despite negative predictions from certain forecasters. And there's a tweet from Vitalik himself. The following day, Thursday, Buterin broke the news that the network's transition proof of stake was complete. Here it is. And we finalized. Beeple, the digital artist whose NFT collection every day is the first 5,000 days, sold for an unprecedented $69.3 million through a Christie's auction ushered in the new era with a purple vision of ethereum mining in the future there it is people that's a beautiful beautiful image right there if you ask me a blockchain developer named miguel pedrafita said that after the merge ethereum was 99.95 percent more energy efficient becoming vastly greener than a typical tech company the upgrade even slightly outdated Ethereum's energy projections, a report released on the day from the Crypto Carbon Rating Institute, CCRI, commissioned by the Ethereum-centric software firm Consensus, claims that Ethereum now uses approximately 99.99% less energy post-merge. Former Ethereum co-founder Charles Hoskinson, who now heads competitor Cardano, which has a market cap of $16.4 billion, was feeling salty. He posted a meme likening the merge to a nightmare when someone tweeted him asking where Cardano's technology stands in relation to Ethereum. Hoskinson let, let rip with some flagrant self-promotion. <laughs> and here's that tweet there. About three years ahead of research to, on engineering, they will one day figure out that slashing is a really, really bad idea. <laughs> From Hoskinson himself. Crypto market intelligence firm Sentiment sounded a note of caution over how centralized Ethereum staking had become after the merge. And here is a tweet from Sentiment. Uh, according to our Ethereum post-merge inflation dashboard, 46.15% you know, of the proof-of-stake nodes for storing data, processing transactions, and added new blockchain blocks can be attributed to just two addresses. This, is, this heavy dominance by the addresses is something to watch. Yes. Yes, I said this before in other episodes. You gotta watch this. This is some serious stuff. This is not a joke. This is not something just to like. Ah, it's not that. It's not that bad. It, it that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. This was a common complaint, according to Martin Kopelman, co-founder of DeFi platform Gnosis, popular crypto exchange Coinbase, and liquidity staking pool Lido Finance. Together, account for 42% of post-merge Ethereum validators, and the top seven entities control more than two-thirds of the stake validation transactions. 
Koppelman also ran a poll in which three-quarters of 15,885 respondents agreed that Coinbase and Lido staking dominance needs to change. Yep. Alex Savinik, the CEO of the crypto of crypto analytics company Nansen, noted a sudden huge influx of Ethereum into exchanges. And there's a tweet there from Alex. Finally, Daniel Butchner, a technical product lead at Microsoft's decentralized identity initiative, likened the merge to Ground Day, Groundhog Day. And there's that tweet there. Seems that looks oh, like yeah, Michael Saylor. Is that more? That is more, right? Michael Saylor. It was also a big week for MicroStrategy's former CEO and current executive chairman, Michael Saylor. It wasn't so much what he said, but what people were saying about him. On Tuesday, Bitcoin enthusiast UDI, UD, UD Wurtenheimer trolled his 114.3 thousand followers with believable fake news. And here is a tweet from UD. Breaking. MicroStrategy has purchased an additional 1,143 BTC at an average price of 22,958 USD. Take or not, it would be wrong to say that Sailor isn't considering swelling MicroStrategy's 129,699 Bitcoin war chest, worth approximately $2.6 billion today. Last week, an SEC filing revealed that MicroStrategy has entered an agreement with investment bank Cohen & Company to sell up to $500 million in shares of its Class A common stocks. It may use the proceeds to buy more Bitcoin. Intent. <laughs> On Friday, the White House released new guidance on crypto billed as a first-ever comprehensive framework for responsible development of digital assets. The new guidance uses the recommendations and conclusions of various government agencies after six months of studying the crypto industry. Sailors shared a lengthy article by crypto investors Nick Carter denouncing the crypto mining climate study done by the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, OSTP. Carter claims the main weakness weaknesses of the study were unreliable sources a lack of perspective from the industries uh, from industry experts and no novel data still sailor doesn't represent everyone according to independent ethereum educator anthony sasano and here's a tweet from sasano sailor is not a good flag bearer for the industry wow that's actually a hard punch right there yeah. <sighs> Finally, Terra CEO Doquan broke silence on Saturday after headlines emerged earlier this week saying that a South Korean court had issued an arrest warrant for him in violating capital markets rules. The Korean Ministry of Finance also announced that it was seeking to void his passport. He told followers he's not on the lam. There's a couple of tweets from him. And that's all we have from this week on crypto. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because there's other articles that kind of further this, the points from crypto Twitter this week. So moving on to this week in coins, as it is this week in coins from Decrypt, also written by Temaki. Ethereum, Ethereum posts biggest losses on merge week. Ethereum is down bad after merge week. Bad, bad Ethereum. The long anticipated transition to a proof of stake network happened Thursday, if you didn't already know, as planned. Once it did, uh, Ethereum dipped 8% to a little under $1,500 and kept falling further as it has continued, even now. ETH begins the week weekend at 1424, down 17% over the last seven days. It took the biggest losses among the top 30 cryptocurrencies by market capitalization this week. Market, market leader Bitcoin also sank. It enters Saturday 7% lower than last week, hovering around 1978 at the time of this writing. 
and it's below 19 at this point. After Ethereum, the second biggest losses of a little, of a little over 10% were posted by Near Protocol, which trades at about 424. Uh, Avalanche dropped to 1806. Pa Polkadot fell to 1687, probably 687, all of which are so-called Ethereum killers, not, sorry, that's my commentary, aka layer one blockchains with high functionality smart contracts. Ethereum Classic down 12.6% and trades at 34.27. ETC is based on Ethereum's original ledger, which includes an infamous $55 million DAO hack that wiped out the Ethereum by vote, uh, from Ethereum by vote. Every top 30 cryptocurrency, uh, <clears throat> every top 30 cryptocurrency dipped in the past week, except Ripple token XRP, which was up 2%, and Cosmos Atom up 3.5%. Cosmos is structurally different than Ethereum in that it's a network of many smaller blockchains, but it also offers high-functionality smart contracts, just like Ethereum. On Thursday, Ethereum completed the long-awaited transition from being a blockchain validated by a proof-of-work consensus mechanism, like the one currently employed by Bitcoin, in which miners with the most computing power generate the most coins, to a much more energy-efficient proof-of-stake algorithm where miners who stake the most ETH validate the most transactions and reap the rewards. Transitions went off without a hitch. A report from Crypto Carbon Ratings Institute, CRI, pardon me, <clears throat> commissioned by Ethereum-centric software firm Consensus, claims Ethereum uses approximately, as we said just previously, 99.99% less energy, not 99.95, which was the previous prediction. However, the merge which also resulted in a more centralized Ethereum, according to Martin Koppelman. I might read this. We already read that part. The crypto news out of Washington wasn't encouraging either, though it's unclear whether, the contrib whether that contributed to price declines. On Thursday, during an oversight hearing, Senate Banking Committee Republican Senator Pat Toomey grilled SEC Chair Gary Gensler over the regulator's role in defining rules for crypto. Toomey said that the SEC failed to help investors when Celsius and Voyager crashed and went bankrupt earlier this year. Both lenders were promising customers high returns on their crypto deposits. We should know. We were there. Gensler responded by saying that many companies have not directly communicated with the SEC over listing and selling tokens and need to come forward to do so. He also said it was important to have one cop on the beat regulating cryptocurrency. Great. That's just great. We should have no cops on this beat because they'll regulate themselves. Following a congressional hearing on Thursday, the Wall Street Journal reported that Gensler said proof-of-stake cryptocurrencies, which allow holders hodlers, to passively earn returns through staking, could be classified as securities. This is the disturbing part. From the coin's perspective, that's another indication that under SEC's Howey test, the investing public is anticipating profits based on the efforts of others. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is disturbing, and we will get into it further because there is an article about Gensler we will be reading shortly. Absolutely. Okay, next news, once again, from Decrypt.co, written by Decrypt staff. Mm, mysterious. Darrow <laughs> co-founder Doak Pond, I am not on the run. Early this week, South Korean prosecutors issued an arrest warrant for Do Kwon, the disgraced co-founder of the terror ecosystem that crashed spe spectacularly in May. They also asked the finance ministry to void his passport. The authorities looking for Kwon believed he was in Singapore, but on Saturday, Singapore police said Kwon is not, he not there. 
now Do Kwan has chimed in on Twitter. On Saturday afternoon, Kwan tweeted, I'm not on the run or anything similar. For any government agency that has shown in, uh, interest to communicate, we are in full cooperation and we do not have anything to hide, or at least at the Bahamas. We are in the process of defending ourselves in multiple jurisdictions. We have held ourselves to an extremely high bar of integrity and look forward to clarifying the truth over the next few months. Quan began the same tweet thread, uh, thread, thread by telling Crypto Twitter, you have no business knowing my GPS coordinates. That's true. <clears throat> Quan is charged with violating capital market rules in South Korea and also faces legal challenges in multiple jurisdictions. The collapse of the terror ecosystem, both Luna and algorithmic stablecoin UST, triggered a massive crypto sell-off, sending Bitcoin and other top cryptocurrencies lower. Four months later, the market remains stuck in a chilly crypto winter. Terrorist collapse also prompted the high-profile meltdown of crypto lenders Celsius and Voyager, as well as hedge funds Three Arrows Capital, and has brought even more scrutiny on crypto investing and stablecoins from regulators. The SEC is reportedly investigating whether Quan's Terraform Labs violated federal investors' uh, protection rules with the way it marketed UST. Yeah. yeah well, this is this is troubling. It is, and it's only the beginning. This is just like literally like just knock on the door. We're about to the, we're about to find out what's going to happen here in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's this is the thing that I didn't really think about so much as what would be considered this kind of loss in the past. Remember, Michael Saylor's company that he had before, back in the, in the late 90s, lost $7 billion. $7 billion, okay? The amount of money that was lost this time, and that was 20 years ago, is $600 billion. That have just... Obviously, somebody has that money, but it's not the original investors, and or at least it's not all of the original investors. <laughs> That's a lot of cash. I think yep. comparing, what is that? That's two Elon Musks. Right? <laughs> is, that, is, is Elon Musk a fiat now? He's, he's like, a, oh my God. Okay. He was all worth right. $300 billion at one point. I don't think it's, he's actually worth that much now. But um, at one but point, Doquan lost two Elon Musks entire value of elon musk's entire value that's that's a lot of cash i mean it's it, even you know um the oracle of omaha has never had that much money in his in his personal pocketbook so not even close and and i know that uh, was it apple and google and a, a couple other major companies are worth close to or a little over two trillion dollars so 600 billion is oh, a third of that but still, it, it's it's more than the majority of companies in the world are worth, and he lost all of that. So it's yeah, it's it's a little troubling, just to say the least. <laughs> I can see why people are angry with him. Moving on, yeah. moving on to someone else. People are angry with. That's my segue <laughs> from Matt DeSalvo on Decrypt as well. Gensler says proof of stake assets could be securities. Could be. Bum, bum, bum. This is this is the this is the thing that Tyler uh, Tech was so angry about in his video. <clears throat> SEC Chairman Gary Gensler today said that proofs of stake cryptocurrencies could be securities, according to a report in the Washington the Wall Street Journal. Gensler said that the native assets of proof of stake blockchains, which allow holders to passively earn returns through staking, could pass the Howey test. The Wall Street Journal reported Thursday. There are many such assets currently on the market including Cardano, Solana and as of day as of today Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency by market cap. 
worth only $200 billion. <laughs> only. So I guess technically um, Terra was worth three Ethereums. The Howey test determines whether an asset qualifies as an investment contract and therefore subject to federal security laws. And remember, this is only federal security laws in the United States. Even if the United States thinks of itself as the world police, yep. which it obviously does. <clears throat> I just live here. I don't own it. Under the test, an asset is considered an investment contract if investors pledge their money to fund an enterprise with the intention of making profits from its efforts. Denzer claimed that proof-of-stake cryptocurrencies could pass that test. That's another indi indicia that under Howey, the Howey test, the investing public is anticipating profits based on the efforts of others, Wall Street Journal reported him saying. Ethereum today moved from being a proof-of-work currency to a proof-of-stake. That would be two days ago. Proof-of-stake blockchains work by having network participants stake their coins, that is, essentially lock up their crypto to process transactions and keep the network secure. So there is a monetary basis to it. You know, you're not investing in hardware, you're investing in, in software, in effect. It is a different... It is. <clears throat> It is different to proof-of-work currencies like Bitcoin, currently the top cryptocurrency by market cap, which use the highly in energy-intensive process of mining. If what Glenn Gensler is saying is correct, Ethereum's historical move would mean that the asset could now potentially be labeled as an investment contract and therefore subject to the laws. Gensler has previously refused to comment on Ethereum specifically, but has said he believes Bitcoin is not a security. The SEC chairman did not specifically mention Ethereum or any other coin when commenting on staking and proof-of-stake coins, according to WSJ. Cryptocurrency, a crypto policy nonprofit coin center said in a Thursday blog post that Ethereum's move to proof-of-stake shouldn't change how it's regulated. While Gensler has refused to comment on Ethereum, his predecessors under the previous administration had signaled the SEC did not believe Ethereum was a security, but it's also before it changed. Central to classification as a security is ongoing reliance for profits derived from, and we just said this, it, Coin Center is basically repeating what was said earlier, both consensus mechanisms, proof of work, or per, and proof of stake are explicitly designed to avoid such reliance by creating an open competition among strangers, wherein any self-interested participant can and will fill the gap left by another unresponsive, corrupt, or censorious participant, the policy group said. Earlier today, an oversight hearing of the agency by the Senate Banking Committee, Gensler reiterated that he thought most cryptocurrencies were securities. No, just because he thinks it doesn't mean it's true. They have to make policy on it. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen, man. Now they're going to wrap it up because, uh, you know, it, it's so easier to go against less than a dozen people that are literally dominating the uh, Ethereum ecosystem, right? Yeah. In regards to in, in regards to uh, validators, right? Mm -hmm. Like literally twelve, like less than twelve people dominate the entire thing. You know, instead of having the whole, instead of having Gensler saying we're going to go around the world and get everybody, no, you can't. That's not possible. But now it's proof of stake, and less than twelve people dominate the whole thing. Yeah, why not? It's a piece of cake. Yeah, they're going to say it's a security. That's my prediction. Yeah, I. But the thing is that they've they're and we're going to get to it at some point. I don't know if in this uh, reading or these uh, news articles, but we're, we were talking about uh, before the show how um, Ripple is kind of wrapping up their, you know, mm -hmm. discussion with uh, 
Yeah, for the for the, the viewers fact. and listeners that don't know, Ripple, um, uh, XRP, and the SSC have been in litigation for a couple of years now, and now they're pretty much on the final stretch and just pretty much coming to a um, a, a conclusion, a finalization. Yeah. Or what was it? Was that word? The term? Yeah, they're they're finalizing the the issue, yeah. but it, it regardless, we don't know what the finalization means yet. Just because they're finalizing, what does the finalization this is, imply? This is my prediction. This is my prediction. They're just gonna find uh, um, XRP. I was gonna say Celsius. <laughs> XRP. <laughs> they're gonna find XRP and let them proceed. Um, yeah, but if they do that, then that sets a precedent, and that's the thing that's that's curious. Because if they set a precedent saying that they're not a security, then does that mean Ethereum's not a security? Because I mean, when you when you have a a result of a court case that is similar to the accusation of another court case or potential, and they decide it's not, then basically that that's going to be saying, in effect, although not explicitly, that Ethereum is not a security. So we might say it is, and honestly, at this point, because I'm not invested in Ethereum, I don't even care. But um, it is. Like a lot of people are like, oh no, it's gonna be security. That's great. That's great. Go back to proof of work. Go be go be proof of work again. Then you don't have to be security. Oh oh, you want to be because you want to save power. Oh, all right, I don't know. <laughs> you yeah, could have prevented all this. You know, the the reality is they didn't save any power. All, all the miners did was just move somewhere else. Right. Well, not all of them. A lot of them. I I I wouldn't be surprised if it if it's like seventy percent moved. So I mean, instead instead of like. <laughs> Helping the ecosystem, like helping the miners, trying to you know, um, well, it's or just... having, or having like Vitalik says, you know what, I'm going to help uh, ETHPOW and make make this work, right, or or something, right? I mean, because these people, there's people around the world that are mining e Ethereum, not just just to, uh, in a hold, but to literally use it just to buy daily food and water and keep a roof over the head. Like literally, that's where people are at, just making a few bucks mining with their right. one GPU right. or that they have or their ESIC or whatever. Yep, you know. And and then for them just to just kick the bucket like ah we don't care about you guys. Well, you know, I mean, we it, what the biggest thing in my opinion for Ethereum's sake is they wanted to get away from the negative press. Mm -hmm. Okay, to them it There's seemed like negative, negative press. press it's always going to be negative press. It's right, like, but they and Bitcoin continues unabated, unabated on, on its quote negative press tr crusade to continue. I mean, Bitcoin uses way more than Ethereum, so <laughs> why are people not? Breaking Bitcoin down. Well, could Bitcoin change to a proof of stake? Yeah, it probably could. Is it going to? Probably not. <clears throat> so, anyways, moving on. All right. Next news written by Tim McKee. Once again from Decrypt.co. Bankrupt crypto lender Celsius wants out its $23 million stablecoin holdings. Doesn't sound like a lot, but actually. Mm -mm. Doesn't it owe more um, than that? In the late <laughs> was it? It owes more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the latest chapter, I mean, that's that's pretty much, like, like, he's just paying me out basically. I don't know about you guys. I mean, that's I mean, that's why it's not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> in the latest chapter of Celsius ongoing liquidity crisis, which first became public when the lender froze customer withdrawals in June, the bankrupt crypto lender has asked the U.S. Depart uh, bankrupt bankruptcy court for the uh, for the Southern District of New York for permission to sell its stablecoin holdings. Court filings from yesterday indicate that Celsius has asked for authorization to sell its stablecoins in order to pay for operations. Pause that for a moment. Even though they're they're in litigations with uh, not litigations, they're in bankrupt court right now. They're still 
hundreds and thousands of dollars that need to be paid out every single week. They gotta pay now. They gotta pay for all, uh, all the lawyers for all the courts. They still have staff. They didn't fire everybody. They still have people that they still have to pay. So this is pretty much what they're asking for. We have stable coins. Can we please pay uh, pay out uh, to our company? Basically, can we use this to pay out our company? The company, the company previously released a coin report on Wednesday revealing that it has over $2 billion in liabilities from various cryptocurrencies. Its stablecoin holdings amount to approximately $23 million held in 11 different stablecoins. Should the motion be approved by Judge Martin Glenn, the chief U.S. bankruptcy judge, Celsius will have liquidity to continue its daily operations without court or creditor oversight. <laughs> Paying back its creditors, a.k.a. customers, is a separate ongoing legal process, but Celsius's filing argues... It's in everyone's interest for Celsius to monetize its stablecoin holdings in order to continue operations without having to secure additional financing, which is good. That's like, that's a smart move. Whoever made that move, I don't know if it was think, Alex or someone else. Mark, I think that one of the ways that they could get people off their backs is that everybody wants their money back. But when things were going well, nobody wanted their money back. They just wanted to be paid, right? They just wanted to be paid the interest that they were earning. So it's like, why don't you guys just go back to doing what you were doing before and don't worry about the $2 billion you owe, right? I mean... So the, so the, the mining is still... They, you've never turned off mining. They do have a mining farm, a right, massive mining right, farm. Right, what I'm, a lot of what I'm trying to get at is... And I'm not saying it's, they can do it. They may not be able to, to pay the interest on the $2 billion they owe. What I'm saying is... what um, Give us a token that could be valuable. Maybe it won't be, but maybe it could be. That will say, here's an IOU token. You know, we know we can't pay you back right now, but you guys didn't want us to be paid back when things were going fine. So mm -hmm. don't worry about it. Just let it be. And then, you know, if we can pay you back, because we know we can't right now, in the future, maybe it will become more valuable. And it, it, maybe they've already petitioned the court for that exact concept. But like I said before, before people wanted all their money back, like a bank run, which is actually pretty much what happened here, um... And they, I mean, most banks can't pay you, pay everybody back with all the money. They're like, well, this is what we, you know, we technically owe you, but you guys wanted us to have the money so we could make money for you. Let us make money. Let us do what we were trying to do before. And of course, the problem is that everyone's like, well, we don't trust you because you're going to screw it up. Now, I guess what I'm trying to say is because I know I'm not going to get my money back, I'm like, all right, give me a token. Maybe it'll be worth something in the future, but it's better than nothing, which is what I have now. Right. So I was in Twitter Spaces uh, a couple of days ago in regards to Celsius. Community came together. Alex was there. Um, Alex didn't speak, by the way. Just, just for the record, I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's able to publicly speak yet um, until this is all figured out. Uh, but he was there just listening to the community, and that was one of the proposals. There was to have an IOU coin. Um, I don't. And another person said that that's probably not the best way to do that because then that's when the SEC starts to get more involved in regards to securities and stuff. You don't you don't want to get involved with that kind of stuff. Yeah, but so it's it's, a, it's something. And and other other companies who've had this kind of problem have done that. They're like, look, yeah. we know we can't pay you back. We'll give you an I O U coin. It may not be worth something, but it might be worth something. So if we let the market decide, maybe it could be worth something. Yeah, well, from what it looks like. They're just trying. The, the courts are just trying to to really define the, le the 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 legality between the custody account and the earn account. Yeah. The it, it, the the earn account is what's way more complicated. In fact, um, earn account the earn the money that we we have in there that we can't touch mm -hmm. is still being lent out and still earning interest. 
for the company and the idea is hopefully they can earn enough by the time this is all over and done with so they can pay everybody out and continue moving forward that's yep. like the the probably the best the best thing the best scenario possible right right um the yeah yeah what was the other part um i already forgot the other part okay well, continue on. Anyways, <laughs> where am I? Paying, paying back its creditors, aka customers, is a separate ongoing legal process. But Celsius filing argues it's in everyone's interest for Celsius to monetize its stablecoin holdings in order to continue operations without having to secure additional financing. Unlike Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other lending cryptocurrencies, stablecoins have a fixed value since they, they're pegged to fiat cryptocurrencies, uh, uh, currencies and thus form a relatively reliable source of liquidity in crypto. Oh, so it, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So in regards to the custody, that's there's gonna be emails going out. You're gonna get emails. I'm gonna get emails. That's more or less based off of anybody that's holding a custody account. I didn't have my stuff in custody. I had my stuff in earn, and so that's still not. And uh, that's we're gonna get another email in regards to uh, <clears throat> getting paid out a percentage of that. Yep. And if we wanna, um, you know, challenge that in court, we can take that to court. Mm-hmm. All right, the Celsius liquidity crisis. Celsius, oh, this is probably going to be a long one. I'll just, I'll just go nonstop. Here we go. Ready? Celsius ongoing Chapter 11 bankruptcy proceedings are on high-profile case of what uh, commentators have called crypto winter or liquidity crisis. Since the collapse of Terra ecosystem back in May, which came about Terra's dollar-pegged US, UST stablecoin lost its peg, several high-profile crypto companies have filed for bankruptcy. First was Celsius in June. Then in July, Voyager and Three Arrows Capital followed suit. On September 1st, Celsius said in a court filing that it was seeking to return some of its customers' funds. The company offered to release nearly $50 million in cryptos uh, belonging to customers who were part of the custody program, uh, accounts that stored crypto but did not generate returns. Should Celsius's proposal be approved, the returned funds would only cover a fraction of the lender's obligation. Custody accounts make up $210 million in crypto, according to a filing. However, for customers who invested in crypto in Celsius's popular EARN program, account for $4.3 billion in assets, there was no word on when they'll get their money back. And um, I don't know if I should continue on to leave it there. What do you think? Yep. Exactly one week later. <laughs> no, I, I, you're right. I, I, just, I just finished it off. Okay. Exactly one week later, a U.S. bankruptcy court filing revealed that the Vermont state officials have asked for a broader powers to investigate Celsius, alleging that the insolvent cryptocurrency exchange had artificially inflated the price of its sell token at the expense of retail investors for the last three years. By increasing its net position in sell by hundreds of millions of dollars, Celsius increased and propped up the market of price of sell, thereby artificially inflating the company's sell holdings on its balance sheet and financial statements, Vermont Assistant General Counsel Ethan McLaughlin said. On Wednesday, Judge Martin Glenn appointed an independent examiner to oversee Celsius's bankruptcy case. The examiner will look into Celsius' crypto holdings, the utility obligations of its crypto mining business, the uh, recent changes to its account offerings, as well as its compliance with tax and bankruptcy proceedings. Good. Dump, dump. I mean, that just sounds like progress to me. <laughs> I mean, as best as they can do, right? All right, so more bad news from the White House. Oh, no. White House releases comprehensive framework for crypto regulation and deployment. Sorry, development and deployment. Also by Tim Hakey. He seems to write all the articles. The White House, the House itself, or the people in the White House? Yeah, probably the people. Has today released a, quote, first ever comprehensive for responsible development of digital assets, end quote. 
outlining the conclusions and recommendations of various federal agencies after six months of studying the crypto industry. Honestly, I don't think they spent enough time, but hopefully they have good people on the job. The directive to research crypto was given President Biden's executive order signed in March of this year. Like the executive order, today's comprehensive framework doesn't lay out any new legislation, but it does provide a clear vision of U.S. crypto regulation. Don't they understand that's what crypto is about, is not regulation? Anyways, the new framework builds on research from nine reports submitted to the president since the order and claims to reflect the input and expertise of diverse stakeholders across government, industry, academia, and civil society. The concerns are wide-ranging, and the recommendations include not just the obvious, such as consumer protections, environment, and national security, but go a step further to consolidate the U.S.'s role in a global crypto frontrunner by encouraging private sector innovation and cooperation on an international level. The framework is broken down into sections titled Protecting Consumers, Investors, and Businesses, then Promoting Access to Safe, Affordable Financial Services, then Fostering Financial Stability, then Advancing Responsible Innovation. God, this sounds like a lot of word salad. Reinforcing Our Global Financial Leadership and Competitiveness, and Fighting... All right. Another one, fighting illicit finance, which is probably the one they're most concerned about, and exploring a U.S. central bank digital currency. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we're, we're, we're making fun of it when we're actually quite bothered by it. The framework greenlights regulators like the Securities and Exchange Commission and Commodities Futures Trading Commission, the to continue coordinating efforts to enforce law in the industry and to share data on consumer complaints in the space. The U.S. Treasury will take an active role in working with financial institutions to help identify and mitigate cyber risks through data sharing and analysis. It is also tasked with working with regulators to ensure crypto firms have regulatory guidance. The Treasury will extend this role to U.S. allies through international organizations like the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, or OECD, and the Financial Stability Board, or FC, FSB. FCB? The, <laughs> the Treasury is expected to complete an illicit finance risk assessment on decentralized finance by the end of February 2023, and an assessment on the non-fungible tokens by July of 2023. President Biden himself will have to decide whether to call upon Congress to amend the Bank Secrecy Act, anti-tip-off statutes, and laws against unlicensed money transmitting to apply explicitly to digital asset service providers, including digital asset exchange and non-fungible token platforms. Basically, they're regulating the f out of this, out of the thing that doesn't need to be regulated. But they're also putting in, I guess, some kind of you know level for people who don't know what the heck they're doing. Today's fact sheet admits that there are opportunities to ensure that blockchain technology aligns with a net zero emissions economy and improving environmental justice. Now, there's a point in here I don't really like. Earlier this month, the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy said that crypto miners should reduce greenhouse gas em emissions and suggest that Congress might consider legislation to limit or eliminate high-energy-intensity consensus mechanisms, excuse me, in a clear reference to Bitcoin's proof-of-work model. Like, we're going to have to make something entirely different. If they get rid of Bitcoin, we're just going to have to make another thing. <laughs> it's, 
The report also mentions a potential U.S. CBDC, citing many profound potential benefits in technology, the economy, security, and individual liberty. But efforts in this direction are limited to a set of policies objected for a U.S. CBDC alongside the interagency working group led by Treasury to consider the potential implications of a U.S. CBDC, leverage cross-government technical expertise, and share information with partners. So, I mean, that's, that's the extent of this article, but it's... How do I put this exactly? It, I don't know that the government under the current administration is so much adamant about just screwing people over. I don't think that's the point. They do want to make people safe. I think, honestly, I mean, it's a, from the most honest perspective I can think of, that's what it feels like they're trying to go for. But we already know the government likes control, ironically, as much as some people would prefer that not be the case. And so to keep keep away from this, I mean, it's not like I want to be illegal. I don't want to do anything illegally. But they just, in my opinion, need to treat it the way they treated it in 2018. It's just another, you know, it's like stock. Just treat it like stock, you know? Treat, set up the rules the same way you set it up before. It's fine. People want to own it. They want to own it. But they're, but <clears throat> having a central, not even a central bank, but a central entity control something that can't be controlled is ludicrous. So, my two Satoshis. Don't ever invest more than you're willing to lose. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up, man. Yeah, that's all we got to say about that. So check out our coin tree and our gift shop. <laughs> yep. Yep, coin tree has been cleaned up, and we have the coins at the top and the links at the bottom, all different kinds of links. Of course, all social media you can check out for us as well as our Discord. And we do have some T-shirts you guys can purchase if you'd like to support us, and we'd appreciate that. Saying that, as we do at the end of the show, Stack sats and huddle. Adios. Adios.